every week we talk about the top three, and uh, we start this series last week, and I, I told you that God has a top three as well. Uh, we read about it in the scripture. In fact, let me give you that scripture right now. It says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And in this series, we are looking at those top three on God's list. Now, what did Paul mean when he said these three remain? Well, let me give you a little context, okay? This won't take but a second. The entire letter of, to the Corinthians was written to a wonderful, growing, powerful church that had a lot of great spiritual gifts and a lot of great gifted people. And, and they were excited about that. In fact, some of them became jealous of one another because they had so many spiritual gifts and they began to work those with the wrong motivation. And Paul had to write them a letter and say, hey, look, guys, spiritual gifts are great. You got to have them. We've got to have them. They're important. But they are for the earth. They are limited. They don't go through eternity. In eternity, we won't need spiritual gifts. We'll be there with him. And he said, you've got to understand, there are some things that just remain that keep going. And they govern how we use those spiritual gifts. And, of course, faith, hope, and love are those things that remain. They go on. They, they continue. They echo through eternity, whereas spiritual gifts are just for use on earth. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at faith, hope, and love. Last week we looked at faith, but faith, hope, and love, we're going to ask three questions. Number one, what is it? Number two, why is it so important? In other words, why does it remain? And number three, how can it impact my life? Okay? So last week we looked at faith. I, I, I shared with you that faith is the currency we use to exchange in our relationship with God. Like in, on earth, when you go uh, buy something, you, you use money. And that's the currency of exchange. If you need something, you pay money and you get it back. Well, in, in God's economy, we don't have money, it's faith. Everything we get from God is with faith, amen? That's how salvation, being filled with the Holy Spirit, prayer, all these things are by faith. We don't see God with our physical eyes. We do it by faith. That's the currency we use. So today, we're going to look at the second one, hope. Uh, hope is one of those words, it's sort of like catching a butterfly. It's a real pretty little word, you know, little butterflies. Have you ever tried to catch a butterfly? It's not real easy. You know, it's, 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 it's hard. They're really nice, but what, what does it really mean? What does hope really mean? I mean, we say it like this in our world. I, I, I hope you do well on your exam this week, or I, I, I hope my team wins this weekend, or I hope I don't get COVID again, or I hope this. It's, it's sort of wishful thinking, right? It's like, I hope for the best, wishful thinking. That is not biblical hope at all. That's not what he meant by that word. That's not what that word means. Here's a good way to think about hope, and I'll use the correlation I used last week about, about money on earth is the exchange. Uh, let's, let's do it like this. Let's say you order something online, which most of us have done from Amazon or Walmart or whatever. You order something online and you, you, you make your order and you pay for your order and then immediately what happens? You get this email that says, your order came in, you, you did it perfectly, all is well. And then the next day, you get an email saying, 
your order has shipped and it's on its way. And you look at that thing and you go, well, I haven't got it in my hand yet, but I know it's on its way. And you get eager about it. And it may say it's coming a certain day, but not necessarily, but it's coming. And so we look for it, okay? Hope is like that email. When we put our faith in God and we trust him, he gives us hope as, as the email that says it's on its way. Even though you don't have it in your hand, you trust it. It becomes your, your, what, you, what you trust is going to happen. It's on its way. It's coming to us. Now, that's the kind of hope we have in Christ Jesus. Your, your salvation, your, your earth, your heavenly existence in the future. We, we don't see it right now. Oftentimes, the prayers we pray, we don't see the answer like show up right there. It's not like the, the, the uh, you know, Santa Claus just shows up real quick and gives us everything we ask. What do we have to do? We exercise faith, and that faith gives us that email from heaven that says, hope says, it's coming. God is going to keep his promise. God always keeps his promise. You know, the scripture says this in Romans 5, 5. Hope does not disappoint us. That's what God promised. Hope, if you have hope in your heart, you can't be disappointed. You can't be, no matter what God's answer is for you, your hope is in him. You can't be disappointed. So you see this, understand this. Faith, we talked about last week, and hope are partners. They are partners. They work together. I know that the, the, the next thing says the greatest of these is love. Love is on a different level. But faith and hope, faith and hope are partners. They go hand in hand. Hand in hand. You see, for us right now, time is a thing. Now, in heaven, there's no time, right? Heaven is timeless. Eternity is time. But on earth, time is a thing. And that frustrates us. That limits us because we can't make things happen right now. We always, every prayer I ever pray, I want God to do it right now. Agreed? But he doesn't always do it right now. Because in, in, in his understanding, he knows the right time. I don't. Time is a hindrance to me. It's a, it's, it's a frustration to me sometimes. Hope is what takes us through the time that we don't understand. That's what hope is for. Some, some, uh, some guy put it like this. Hope is faith in the future tense. How about this one? Somebody else said it like this. What faith believes, hope expects. See, they go together. They go together. They work in tandem. When something's in tandem, it means that they are together. They work together. Like, uh, like if you're going to jump out of an airplane, tandem with someone, that means you're going to jump out of an airplane. I would not do it, but you're going to jump out of an airplane, and there's going to be this person that knows what they're doing on your back attached to you. And on your way down, they're going to be showing you what to do and pulling all the right cords so that you have a safe landing, okay? Hope, hope and faith go together like that. They work together in our lives to make sure we have a safe landing, that we're confident that we're going to be okay. That's how it goes. Every time I think of that word tandem, I think about uh, one of my sons-in-law, Joel, Pastor Joel, who was here for years. He and Lindsay are 
are at a church in Huntsville. By the way, they are doing great. The church is growing. They're doing incredibly well. But Pastor Joel one time, uh, I think Lindsay was expecting our first grandchild, and Pastor Joel decided he and Jeremy, I'm sure Jeremy talked him into it, <laughs> they're going to jump out of an airplane. And uh, they tried to talk me into it, but I wasn't going to do that. Anyway, so Joel said he, you know, he went through the training. He went up there. He's real nervous, of course. And he's up there, and they're in the plane, and he's meeting the guy that's going to be attached to his back. Pretty good idea to meet that guy, right? And he meets him, and he said he's a little weird guy. He didn't understand him real well. And he had a really weird nickname, which, which I won't tell you at the moment. But anyway, so Joel goes, okay, this is the guy I'm going to be attached to. And see, they attached each other, and they got to the, the thing. And he said, on three, we're going to go. And Joel said, okay, one, two. And on two, there they went out the window. Joel said they were flying through the air, and Joel started doing his arms like this. And he said, all of a sudden, they started going in this this spin. See, they had said in the training video, don't move your arms. Let the guy do it. Joel was doing that, and they started spinning. And so the guy reaches down, and he grabs his arms, and he's trying to straighten them out. And then he got them straightened out, but there was still something wrong. And the guy leans over and says to Joel, when I count to three, scream as loud as you can. Joel goes, okay. One, two, three. And he goes, ah! And the guy got a knife and cut the parachute. Cut it. And there they are. No parachute. Until the guy who knows what he's doing pulls the reserve chute. Something had gone wrong. They packed the, the parachute wrong. And the reserve chute came out. And they landed safely on earth. Tandem. Working together. Let me, let me tell you who did most of the working in this thing. The guy with the weird name that I won't tell you, all right? Let me tell you what. Joel said, the trip from heaven to earth, <laughs> he wasn't real sure about how that was going to end. But guess what? It all ended well. Let me tell you what hope is. Hope between earth and heaven gets us in that space where we don't understand and we don't see and we don't know. Hope is the thing that keeps us between the two, between the two. It navigates us between earth and heaven. Now, number two, why is hope so important? Why is it so important? All right, truth here. If you remove hope from your life, then your joy, your enthusiasm, your peace, your focus, your motivation are going to be completely removed from your life. I promise you that. It's true. It will be removed and you, therefore you, you would lose hope. Folks, we can't lose our hope. It's one of the weapons of Satan. If he can take your hope away, he takes your faith away. That's, that's what he wants to do. I mean, think about the opposite words of hope. Fear, despair, uncertainty, doubt. Aren't those, they're the opposite. We can't live and walk in that. You can't walk with God with those things in your life. If, if that's what you're experiencing all the time, you need to check and see if you've got some hope in your life. You need to check. None of those words inspire you to live and to move forward, but hope does. Hope inspires us. That's why it's so important. 
By the way, God promises he will give you that hope. He will help you find it. You don't have to just go hunt for hope like it's an Easter egg hunt. You, God will help you do it. Let me tell you what the scripture says. Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray that God, look at this, the source of hope will fill you with peace completely, with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So faith is a gift from God, so is hope. But they go together. But they go together. God wants you to have his hope in your life today. He does. Here's another reason why hope is so important. Hope, when hope becomes a, a reserve for you when you're spiritually or emotionally drained. It becomes this deep reservoir on the inside of you. You know what a reservoir is? A reservoir is like, uh, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, we'd go out and swim in the reservoir, okay? Weren't supposed to go there, but you'd go swim in the reservoir. It was, it was, it was a, a nice little lake. It's where they collect water, so in case of drought or something like that, there's always some water that can go into the system. It's a reservoir. It's a deep well. God says hope for us is a deep well, a deep reservoir that we can tap in times of trouble. Hope can become that for you. Like when you're, when you're put down, when you're cursed at or you are made fun of or you're put down for some reason, that reservoir of hope inside of you will allow you to not give when somebody treats you badly, you don't have to give it back to them. You can respond with love instead of hate toward them because you've got a reservoir deeper. That's why when, when Jesus said, if someone uh, slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. Why? Because hope tells you you're not living for the moment. You're living for something more. And God gives you that ability through, through that. It's a deep well. Hey, when you have a setback in your life, like you get sick, or you lose your job, or you're having financial trouble, or whatever happens in your life, a setback, then I depend upon this emotional reservoir I have called hope, that I'll get through this, that God is with me. He's not going to leave me alone. Even though it's not in my hand yet, I have his email, and it says it's on the way. Hope is on the way. Or when I'm tempted, I'm tempted to lie or or, or cheat or be dishonest about something or, or, or sin in any way or lust or whatever, if I'm tempted in those things, it's this reservoir of hope that tells me you don't have to do this. God can be with you and give you strength so that you can remain righteous and walk with God. Or you can repent and turn around and walk with God again. That's what hope does. There's another reason why hope is important. Do you know hope can become an anchor for you during a storm? It can. It become an anchor for you. Hope can stabilize you in a time of storm in your life, just like it does for a ship. Uh, in Rome, Italy, I, I've been there, and I went down into the catacombs under Rome. And the catacombs are these tunnels that are under the city that are ancient. And uh, during... During the early part of Christianity, Christians lived underground in Rome during persecution to stay away from the persecution. They even buried many of their dead in the catacombs underneath the city of Rome. Did you know if you go down there, 
they, they had these little areas lit where you can see the paintings they had on the wall. And there are 66 paintings of Christians and with it is an anchor. They have pictures of anchors because that was their anchor of their soul during times of persecution. In Hebrews 6, this is what we read. He said, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Look at that. Firm and secure, it enters in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Behind the curtain. That's the areas we can't see. You know the areas you can't see? You don't understand why something's happening. You don't understand why you're going through it. Jesus is back there behind the curtain. He sees the whole thing. He knows. So what do you do? You put your hope in him. Jesus is already there. He knows what to do. That's why I put my faith. That's why I put my hope in him. An anchor of the soul. Anchors keep us stable and secure, especially in the storm. You know, Jay and his family and Stacy and Ron and Suzanne, and they all went through a storm just recently with Stacy's passing and for the years before it. That's been a storm. What brought them through? Their faith in God and the hope they gave them in the meantime. The hope that kept you alive. That's what it means by an anchor of the soul to where you don't give up on God and say, well, God isn't working anymore. God didn't care about me. No, I never heard that come out of any of their mouths, including Stacy's. Never came out of her mouth either. During the American Revolution, I'm an, I'm an old history teacher, so that's, that's why I like to talk about this. During the American Revolution, uh, at the early part of the revolution, especially when it looked like the 13 colonies would never get out from under that thumb of the British Empire and the powerful British army and the, the, the rule of the king. It looked like every, every battle they were in, they lost about every battle. Every battle George Washington fought, he lost until the end. He just kept going and wouldn't give up. Well, some patriots in Rhode Island, now Rhode Island was occupied by the British for almost the entire war. But some patriots in Rhode Island they came up with a flag that they said came straight from Scripture. Here's what that flag looks like. You see it? It's called the hope flag. It's got an anchor with the word hope written on it. Now, they flew that. The patriots flew that in Providence, Rhode Island. By the way, part of those symbols, the anchor and the word hope, is still on Rhode Island's state flag. Because they said, even though it doesn't look like it's going to happen, we have hope in our God who says it will. That's an anchor for us. As one early American preacher in those days said, I love this, the cable of faith cast out the anchor of hope and lays hold of the steadfast rock of God's promise. <laughs> I like that. The cable of faith cast out an anchor of hope to the steadfast rock of God's promises. Why? Because it's impossible for God to lie. He keeps his word. 
Hope is our confidence that God's word is true. Amen? Amen. Faith and hope go together. They are inseparable. Hope is faith in the future tense. Now, number three, how can hope impact my life? This is going to be a very easy answer that has enormous consequences. And here goes. John, in his letter he wrote, we call 1 John, wrote these words. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Purify ourselves. He was talking about the coming of the Lord. He was talking about the fact that Jesus is going to return and said, if you keep this hope in your heart, in the middle of a world that's falling apart, folks, if you keep that hope in your heart, it will help you keep your life pure before the Lord. It's the truth. As a believer in Christ, and you're a believer in Christ, you know that one of two big things is going to happen one of these days. Either when the trumpet sounds, zoom, there we go. We're going to go up and meet the Lord in the air, and we'll receive our new bodies, and we'll be forever with the Lord when Jesus comes. Or this body right here is going to go back into the dirt, and my spirit is going to be with the Lord to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And they all receive my new body. Either way, we're going to be with the Lord. And either way, we have to stand before the Lord. The Bible says we're going to give account of our lives. Hey, by the way, Jesus is going to return. I promise you. Jesus, and listen, maybe sooner than we think, just turn on the television. Turn it on. Good grief. The, the signs are everywhere. But even if his return is a thousand years from now, he's still coming. If it's beyond my lifespan, it doesn't matter. Because when this body wears out or somebody takes it out, <laughs> I'm going to be with him. And I'm going to stand before him. And I'm going to have to give an account of my life. Do you know that knowing that affects the way I live? Listen. How many times in your life have you thought, ooh, golly, I don't need to do that. <laughs> what if the Lord comes tonight? <laughs> do you know what? If you, have the, if you have the real, if you understand in your heart, we're just passing through this world. This world is not our home. Folks, this world is going to come to an end. I know that people say, no, it's going to keep going, it's going to keep going. No, there's going to be a day the trumpet sounds. It's really going to happen. This world is not our home. You know, I, I want you to see this scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. This is a big deal. Paul said, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. If our hope in Christ is 
only for this life, then we would only live for this life. People who live for this life chase money and fame and position and comfort and pleasure and power and status because for them it's eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow we die. But for those of us who understand the truth, we don't live like atheists live. Some Christians or who claim to to know Christ seem to live like an atheist, although they claim Christ. They chase the wrong things in their lives. They spend their whole life worrying about their retirement and how much they got, how much they got in the bank. But they won't take one ounce of it with them and neither with the kids they leave it to because they'll probably spend it. But when we realize that this world in our home that there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. There's a real heaven and a real hell. And it matters what we do with our life today. If that becomes something and a part of our heart and part of our hope, it changes the way we live on a day-to-day basis. It changes how you live your life. It changes what's important to you. When we realize that this world is not our home, And also that Jesus Christ loves us and he has given us the most incredible gift, salvation through Jesus Christ. So that it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or anything. It doesn't matter. Your past does not matter. He can take it all away, forgive you, make you brand new, and reserve for you a place in the kingdom forever and ever and ever. It changes the way we live. Faith fuels hope. One day, what I call hope today will actually arrive. <laughs> I got an email that says, yeah, you're, what you ordered is coming. But isn't it fun the day you walk out there and there it is? They took a picture of it and said, there it is. Folks, one day, God's going to say, here it is. Here it is. Regardless of how we get there, if we're taken up or if we go in the earth and our spirit goes, it doesn't matter. God made a promise. God made a promise. My faith gives me hope for an eternity much better than the one I'm living in right now. And I'm confident that it will change the way I live. Hope applied changes how we live. And I want to say this, and I'm just going to ask everybody to think about that. Would everybody bow your head just for a moment? Uh, Just bow your heads for a second. Ask yourself, am I living with the hope of God in my heart? Or am I without hope right now? Do I feel hopeless? Well, if you feel hopeless, check and see if you've got any faith. Faith fuels your hope. I feel like there may be somebody in this in this room today, and you're religious, but you don't have faith in God. You had not put your trust in Him, and He's letting you check it right now. So you'll know you got to put your faith in Him today, today, not in religion, but in Him. 
If you're hopeless today, God will give you hope, but you've got to connect it to your faith. Your faith has got to be in Jesus. Your trust has got to be in Him. And if you're struggling in that area today, God can set you free today. I don't want anybody to leave the service walking out wondering if I've got any hope or faith anymore. You can leave today knowing it is intact. You can know it. I'm going to ask everyone to stand if you will. Our worship team is just going to sing briefly the song that we sang at the very end.